I sat down to do the We Tackle Life podcast with the Echo, and <laughs> and I forgot to turn on the uh, recording program. Uh, so there it is. You can see it's recording. That's good. I'm going out live because I thought maybe, maybe there'd be, what, two, three non-NCAA basketball tournament fans who'd like to uh, talk a little Deshaun Watson. And you can shoot me a message live on Facebook or uh, via Twitter if you're watching it. On any platform, it's the We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. I'm glad to be with you. Normally, I don't do the podcast live, but hey, we got breaking news. We got Deshaun Watson as a Cleveland Brown, and so we're going to go with it. And uh, this is how it sounded today in Cleveland when Deshaun Watson came out and the Browns unveiled their $230 million man. And the Hazlitt family for giving me this awesome opportunity to be the quarterback of this historical organization in the Cleveland Browns. I want to thank A.B. and Coach Kevin uh, for also giving me the opportunity to come here to, to join this organization, join this locker room to lead these guys and be a servant leader. And then another opportunity for, you know, this organization for me to come in here and have the opportunity to show this community, show this city, show this organization, show, show this locker room who the person I really am. And that's the main focus that I want to do is continue to show people who I really am and get my story out eventually. All right. So that is how Deshaun Watson debuted as a Cleveland Brown. And, you know, his press conferences go. Did he win the press conference? I don't think he changed any. Well, he might have changed some minds. He might have. He came off um, guarded, I would say, is the number one word that I would apply to Deshaun Watson today in Cleveland. Careful, measured, committed. That's good. If you're the Browns, I mean, if you're Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski and D and Jimmy Haslam, and you've decided to take the bullets for this acquisition figuratively, then you want a guy who's all in. Uh, he's all in because he's getting paid to be all in. He would not be a Cleveland Brown if the money in Cleveland were comparable to the money somewhere else. We all know the Browns were supposedly out because Watson had eyes for what? New Orleans had eyes for Atlanta. He didn't have eyes for Cleveland until he saw dollar signs. And then all of a sudden, there were so many dollar signs. The record NFL contract by $80 million that he wanted to become a Cleveland Brown. All right, look, I have a busy life and I do not have time uh, or will nor will make time for faux outrage. Um, I would not have done this because... Deshaun Watson could not at this point in his career convince me that he would be worth the risk, given the things he is alleged to have done, that I would be comfortable paying him what the Browns are going to pay him. The Browns had a couple buzzwords today. They put in the work. They were, you know, apologetic, which you're the Cleveland Browns, okay? You have... And I've been there every step of the way with them, as of you. You have searched for a quarterback for ever, right? Since 1999, you draft Tim Couch. You think he's the guy. Once you get a representative team around him, you go to the playoffs. He's not the guy. Kelly Holcomb is the guy. You sign Jeff Garcia. You chase journeymen like Bruce Gradkowski, Brian Hoyer. You try to get the draft bargain to Sean Kaiser. You, <laughs> you fall for the uh, banana in the tailpipe that is Johnny Manziel, and you 
get him, trade up to get him. You draft Brandon Whedon, despite his, for that age of a quarterback coming out of college, advanced age, doesn't matter. If we can get a quarterback for three, four, five years, we'll take him. They tried every way of acquiring a quarterback they could try. Drafted Baker Mayfield number one overall. That was the latest try. They went through 31 starting quarterbacks since 1999. None of them, none of them proved the answer. You had about a year and a half window in there with Baker Mayfield where you thought, aha, the search is over. And then the more Baker played and the more teams in the NFL adjusted to Baker Mayfield, the more you found out that he wasn't the guy. He wasn't the guy. Okay, that's fine. He wasn't the guy. A lot of guys before him weren't the guy. So now the Browns start sniffing around Deshaun Watson, and they said they started sniffing around him five months ago. Five months ago, it's March. Five months ago, by my calendar, would be October, November. Weren't the Browns playing football in October or November? The Browns were looking at Deshaun Watson they would say, our due diligence as far back as, what, the two-thirds point of the season? So they may think that, or they may tell you that Baker Mayfield is, you know, a guy that they only recently decided they were going to part with and it's Baker's fault because Baker said he wanted to be traded. That's not at all true. They were looking for a an upgrade as far back as middle of the season. Okay, that's fine. That's their job. They're supposed to get better. But doesn't it strike you as ironic or doesn't it strike you as perfectly Cleveland? Oh, I see. Only in Cleveland. that the Browns could finally arrive at where they obviously believe is the end of their quarterback search forever. Otherwise, you don't give up three ones plus a couple other picks. Otherwise, you don't guarantee Deshaun Watson $230 million. Otherwise, you don't go through this production of a press conference acting like you're sorry acting like you're ashamed, acting like we really believe in him, but we can't really say we believe in him because you, the fan base, have indicated to us that you don't like this, and so we're kind of trying to say that we know something you don't know without insulting you by saying we know something you don't know. And we believe in Deshaun Watson, but we know it sounds bad to say we believe in Deshaun Watson, so we're not going to say we believe in Deshaun Watson. I mean, this was the most awkward celebration in history, since Elaine Ben is dancing on Seinfeld, this was the most awkward celebration ever because they couldn't be happy outwardly, and I don't even know if they're happy inwardly. So that's odd. Okay, that's really weird. That's quintessentially Cleveland Browns. The other part of me, which I know they can't do this. I get it. But wouldn't it have been fun if you could have taken... Like, whatever that spell was on Jim Carrey in the movie Liar, Liar, you could have cast that over Stefanski and Barry before they walked out there to do the press conference and before they started talking about, oh, this transaction's been very difficult. It's triggered a range of emotions in us. We uh, admit that this weighed heavily on us. Oh, yeah, sure it did. Sure it did. Sure it did. Um if instead, if they would have just come out there and said, we got our guy, we got our guy. And if we don't have our guy, we're going to get fired. But if we didn't get our guy, we were going to get fired because we built a team that's ready to win and it lacks only a quarterback and he's really good. And we 
for some reason, couldn't get Russell Wilson away from the Seattle Seahawks, who's as solid a citizen as you're ever going to find in the NFL. So we got Deshaun Watson, and that's what it takes. Now, I thought it was very, very interesting. Kevin Stefanski, at the end of the press conference, no, it wasn't Kevin Stefanski, it was Andrew Barry. He was asked a question where I know what people thought he meant by his answer, and if he came up with this off the cuff, this was an absolutely brilliant answer. But sometimes you say stuff that is amazingly perceptive and yet completely accidental. And that's what I think happened with Andrew Perry, where somebody asked him, I think it was Pat McManaman, if Pat's still around. It sounded like Pat. Pat was in and out. And Pat, if that was you, kudos, man. That's a great question. Pat McManaman or somebody said whether signing Deshaun Watson meant that they believed there was no wrongdoing. Do you believe that there's been no wrongdoing on the part of Deshaun Watson? And they said they were very confident in Deshaun the person, and they were certain that he was, quote, going to make a positive impact in the community. Now, when you heard that, you heard them say, hey, I'll vouch for Deshaun Watson's character. These 22 women accusing him, they're a bunch of nut job gold diggers. But that answer could mean we think he's going to win games. We think he's going to win games. We think he's going to win a lot of games. And if that's the answer, I'm here to tell you that that is the right answer, not because it's the proper answer, not because it's the moral answer, not because it is defendable on grounds of we're a team that stands for the right things. No, it's the right answer because it's a true answer of what's coming. I am not going to get all worked up about Deshaun Watson's lack of fit in Cleveland because I know I would be wasting my breath on it with Browns fans who, though they may join me in protest today, are a 4-0 start, a lopsided win over the Steelers and Ravens, a playoff berth, a division championship, or just the passage of time away from Deshaun Watson being embraced 100% in Cleveland. Maybe 99%. Maybe there'll be a few holdouts. Maybe there'll be a few hardliners. Maybe there'll be a few, you know, women's rights advocates and sexual abuse victims and stuff like that who will never come around. But trust me on this, they will be few and far between. And I'm totally comfortable saying that for three reasons. Stick with me here. You tell me, did I imagine that this happened last year? Did I imagine this happening last year? What was going through your mind when Najee kind of sealed it, took that last one to the house? Um, you know, I didn't think I was going to take the field again, but it's the best play in football when you're an offensive player to take a knee. And so Did I imagine that? Did I imagine Ben Roethlisberger getting cheered, lauded, celebrated, 
as a Pittsburgh Steeler, his final game in Heinz Field? Did I imagine that? I don't think I imagined that. I know I didn't imagine Ben Roethlisberger settling out of court with a woman in Lake Tahoe who accused him of raping her. I know I didn't imagine Ben Roethlisberger being suspended from the NFL because of that dalliance in a Lake Tahoe hotel room. So, if that happened for Ben Roethlisberger, why would I not expect that to happen for Deshaun Watson? Ah, but I said three reasons. Three reasons, Bruce, and you've only given me one. All right, fine, fine, fine. Let me give you another reason. But here it is. Oh. The return to glory. You know what that was? You know what that was? You listening? You not watching? You know what that was? That was Eldrick Tiger Woods putting out on the 18th green at Augusta National Golf Club to win the Masters in 2019. Oh, wait. Was there anything in Tiger Woods' background that would indicate that some people would never, ever root for Tiger Woods again? Oh, right. He stepped out on his wife, like a lot, with pancake waitresses and porn stars and all kinds of weird, creepy, sexual addiction type stuff. Oh, people were, oh, this is the end of Tiger Woods. Oh, I'll never accept Tiger Woods again. Tiger Woods is dead to me. Is he? Is Tiger Woods dead? Is Tiger Woods dead to people now? When Tiger Woods got in a car accident, did everybody cry and moan and say, oh, isn't it awful, terrible, horrible? What has happened to poor Tiger Woods? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And if Tiger Woods is able to come back from devastating injuries suffered in that car accident and Tiger Woods wins another PGA Tour event or Tiger Woods wins, heaven forbid, another major, imagine if Tiger Woods comes back from that Ben Hogan-like and wins a bunch more majors. And imagine if he passes Jack Nicklaus. Well, Tiger Woods will be considered, as many already do consider him, the greatest comeback story in the history of sports. And Tiger Woods has stuff in his background that is documented along the same kinds of lines as Deshaun Watson. So there is example number two. Now, what about example number three? Oh, you might remember this. There are tears. I'm sure it's going to make you feel bad when I play this video, but you wanted the answer. You wanted the reason. You wanted the third example. Here it is. They have decided that whoever wins the tip, and in this case, Toronto, they are going to let the shot clock run out because of the number 24 to honor Kobe Bryant. Fitting. Mm. Appropriate. Mm. As Fred Van Vliet holding on to it and the crowd recognizing what this means. Fitting appropriate, the answer because the crowd recognizes what this means. The tribute to Kobe Bryant after he died in a helicopter crash. After he also raped and sodomized a young girl at a Colorado hotel room while he was married to Vanessa Bryant. Now, I don't bring these things up to moralize or to say that they should never have been forgiven and they weren't entitled to being forgiven and they weren't entitled to a second chance. That is not at all why I bring these things up. I bring these things up to point out that if you think whatever anger and angst and undecided opinions are out there in the Cleveland Brown fan base are going to stay undecided and divided on Deshaun Watson, you are out of your mind. Because the minute he starts throwing touchdown passes to Amari Cooper and David Njoku and starts handing the ball off to Nick Chubb and the Browns start winning, 
all those things that people are so up in arms about today will not matter one bit. I've seen it happen time after time after time, and it will happen again. And maybe it should happen again because I've been forgiven much. Anyone who is an authentic Christian has been forgiven much. No one is perfect. No, not one. So I'm not sitting here in condemnation of Deshaun Watson. I don't know what happened between Deshaun Watson and these women. Do I find it highly weird that a professional athlete who has a cook and a driver and an assistant and a this, that, and the other would call random massage therapists to tend to his body, which is the instrument by which he makes millions of dollars a year as an NFL quarterback? Yes, I will confess to you, I find that highly strange. And I find it hard to be plausibly done without there being some funny business on the side. That's my perception. But my world's different than Deshaun Watson's world. I don't circulate in that world. He's been a star athlete since he was a high school kid. He's had people do things for him and agree to do things with him and to him because of who he is and what he can do. And it's not any different now. Whether it's a massage therapist or an NFL owner giving him $230 million and a team structuring his contract so that if he's suspended, he'll only lose $80,000 in pay. And so his contract is structured such that this year his salary is only $1 million base, but it's $230 million guaranteed total. Deshaun Watson, despite all of the things he has on his resume currently that are unresolved and not very palatable, Deshaun Watson still had leverage over the Cleveland Browns and over other NFL teams. And he will be cheered by the Browns fan base. Oh, he might be booed when he comes out for the first exhibition game or when he throws an interception. But Deshaun Watson is the Browns guy for the next five years. And that is not going to result in the fan base ripping on him for all five years because of whatever happened with those women. It's just not. It didn't with Tiger. It didn't with Ben Roethlisberger. It didn't with Kobe Bryant. It didn't with, oh, here's a name, Kareem Hunt, right? Kareem Hunt. Is Kareem Hunt popular as a Brown? Yeah, he's a killer. You give the ball to Kareem Hunt, you better be ready to make a tackle. And I mean, you better be ready to make a tackle because Kareem Hunt is coming. I don't think there's a running back in the NFL who runs harder than Kareem Hunt. And there's... Kareem Hunt on video kicking his girlfriend in the head. If you want to see it, you can find it. But does that keep people from cheering for Kareem Hunt? Now, is it the fact that Kareem Hunt did that to only one woman that makes people forgive him? Or is it the fact that Kareem Hunt scores touchdowns that makes people forgive him and scores them for the Cleveland Browns? I would submit it's the latter. The same reason Kansas City Chiefs fans cheered Tyreek Hill who had the same kind of ugly stuff with a woman, hard though they are to define by current pending Supreme Court justices. Did Kansas City Chiefs fans boo Tyreek Hill? No. Will they? Yes, because he's a Miami Dolphin, not because he hits women. So I just, I'm not going to get myself worked up or put any 
concrete belief behind this notion that Browns fans are never going to embrace Deshaun Watson because I find that to be utterly nonsensical. Utterly nonsensical. As did I find a question to Browns owner Jimmy Haslam today on a Zoom call. First of all, Jimmy, if you're going to pay this dude $230 million, like, you got to show up. You got to show up, okay? You can't Zoom that press conference in. I don't know what else you got going on, but, like, the press conference can wait until you can be there. So I found that funny that Haslam wouldn't show up and his wife didn't show up either. And so somebody asked Jimmy Haslam on this Zoom call, you know, Mr. Haslam, a lot of people are very upset about you signing Deshaun Watson. And I have heard Browns fans tell me that for the first time in their life, they are embarrassed to be a Browns fan. I couldn't even get the question out without laughing at the absurdity of it. For the first time in their life, they're embarrassed to be a Browns fan? Not when you went 0-16, not when you went 1-31, not when you lost football games in the most unbelievably ridiculous, dysfunctional fashion ever, not when you drafted Johnny Manziel because he texted your quarterback coach and said, let's, let's wreck this league, not when you won a football game and had a linebacker on the team named Dwayne Rudd throw his helmet in celebration, thus drawing a 15-yard penalty after the game was over, moving the opponent closer to the field goal, closer to the goalpost, so they could kick a field goal and you could lose a game you had already won and celebrated winning. Not when fans rained down bottles on the field when a replay came in after the whistle and the next play had already started. Not when you lined up to kick a field goal against the Baltimore Ravens on the last play, kicked the field goal, got it blocked, had the Ravens run it back for a game-winning touchdown. Not when your GM texted the sideline when you were 7-3 and three and leading the division and begged the head coach to play Johnny Manziel instead of Brian Hoyer. None of those things got you the teensiest bit close to being embarrassed as a Brown fan. But signing, to, and not when you signed Kareem Hunt. And not when Isaiah Crowell put a picture on his Facebook page of a guy cutting the throat of a police officer. None of those things got you remotely close to being embarrassed to be a Browns fan, but this did. Okay, everybody's got their price. Maybe Deshaun Watson was your price, but I just found that question to be funny because, man, if you have it in you to be embarrassed to be a Browns fan, you've probably gone past go on that a couple of hundred times since 1999. All right, uh, let me thank my sponsor, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. I have several. They are one, the longest running, most loyal. Love Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. They are fantastic. So check out HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com and get your coffee at 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. We tackle life in all caps. Also, tea is great. Their cocal chocolate is phenomenal. It's sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free. Every free, but it's not free to you. But it's close when you use the promo code We Tackle Life in all caps and you get 15% off. All right. To another story NFL related that I find really, really weird. And that is the as the great John, as the great John Cooper used to say, beating a dead horse to death. Urban Meyer is not a head coach in the NFL anymore. He was not a head coach for even an entire season. 
But Urban Meyer is a continual matter of fascination to NFL fans and to NFL commentators and to NFL writers. The Athletic went to great lengths to disparage Urban Meyer and how dysfunctional the Jags were under Urban Meyer. Was that in dispute? Did anyone wonder about Urban Meyer and whether, you know, in hindsight, maybe Urban really had it all figured out? I know he didn't win very many games, and I know he walked out on the team halfway through the season, but, you know, maybe he really had it going. We should dig into that and find out if Urban's really that bad or if Urban's good. So they go in and they get a bunch of people to talk about Urban off the record and disparage him, which, again, beating a dead horse to death. And I guess I am not surprised, but I am disappointed that one of the people joining in that is the NFL Network's Rich Eisen. But the uh, idea of Urban Meyer being, as I said here, the biggest coaching flop in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of them. There's been a lot of them. But to find out that just how bad we thought it was wasn't as bad as it really was. Okay, big moment in a small life for Rich, Rich Eisen. That's what that is. That's a big moment. His life is not small. But in that moment, he was small. Rich Eisen, Michigan guy, he's punching down. I get it. Uh, sins of Urban Meyer are that he beat Michigan. <laughs> what, like seven years without a loss? I lost track. But what is the point exactly? Urban Meyer flamed out as an NFL head coach. He did not really know the league when he got in there. I don't believe the story that he didn't know who Aaron Donald was, or if he said, who's this 99? I hear he could give us problems. Knowing Urban and what a, you know, mind-bending, motivational guy he is, he might have said that to hopefully get his players to think, well, he's not impressed by Aaron Donald. I don't know why he said it. I doubt it was from out of ignorance. I seriously doubt it was out of ignorance. And listen, man, you are not talking to a guy who would defend Urban Meyer on very much. But I try to be fair. I try to be fair. Is What purpose does this serve? Now, let me say this, that if you think I'm like all in the bag for Urban Meyer, I think it's ridiculous that Ohio State hired him to head up their NIL fund. Like, do they have a problem at Ohio State, A, getting people to donate a lot of money to athletics? I don't think so. They were freed of Urban. Like, there was a collective... <sighs> In that athletic department, when he left, because he's just one of those guys whose very presence makes you uncomfortable because he says things and does things that make you uncomfortable in his insatiable desire for victory. And so when he left of his own accord, kind of, sort of, and retired, and you got Ryan Day, who's every bit as successful as Urban so far, why would you go back and bring him back to head up anything? I don't understand it. I do not understand it. So there you go. That's kind of the good, the bad on Urban. I think it's dumb for Ohio State to bring him back. They don't have any problem. Look at Rick Reichert. He's given, he's given like $75,000 trucks to Jackson Smith and Jigba. And to, I don't know what the value of his vehicles to Michi Johnson and EJ Liddell are, but Rick Reichert's stepping up. 
Coglin family of dealerships, they're stacking up, stepping up. Zed Key's got a car deal. Like Jack, uh, Jack from uh, Pickerington's got a car deal. Why can't I think of Jack? Jack Sawyer, Jack's got a car deal. Like they're not hurting for NIL money, and they bring Urban back to head up NIL. So I don't understand that. But I also don't understand, and I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't have brought it up if I didn't need to, like, prove my Urban Meyer down-the-middle bona fides with you. But um, for Rich Eisen and the NFL Network and the Athletic and everybody just continually pound, 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 pound. Yeah, we get it. He didn't do good. He didn't do good work with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Asked and answered, okay? Asked and answered on Urban Meyer with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Uh, Remember, if you need an attorney, the attorney that you need is Willis Spangler-Starling. Willis Spangler-Starling located on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. Check them out online, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. They do probate, personal injury, wills estate planning, family law, employment law, all the biggies. If you want to protect your legal rights, if you want to press a legal action, you want an attorney that has integrity, character, acumen, expertise, you want Willis Spangler-Starling. They represent me on all things. I've had some bad attorneys in the past. Cost me a lot of money. Willis Spangler Starling, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Practice growing. People are hearing about them, using them, loving them. They do some cases on contingency. They do some on a flat fee basis. Look them up online. Check them out. Give them a call. Tell them you heard about it on the We Tackle Life podcast. WillisAttorneys.com. WillisAttorneys.com. Their physical offices are, as I said, Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, just north of Mill Run, where Target and Home Depot are. Okay, final item. Isn't it ironic? Of course it is. It's the Browns. That on the day that Deshaun Watson is introduced as the Browns quarterback of the future, there's a story on ESPN.com about Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel is returning for his second season in a professional league known as the Fan-Controlled Football League. It's a seven-on-seven league that plays indoor in Atlanta. Did you guys know about this? I didn't know anything about this. I suppose you can bet on it and log in and who knows what. Manziel says his formal football career is in my eyes over. Yeah, your eyes and everybody in the league as well. But the fan-controlled football league is something, quote, I wanted to do for fun. I thought Johnny did everything for fun, including playing the NFL. He's friendship. He, he has friendships with a number of the league's celebrity owners, including comedian and podcaster Bob Mennery. You go, Bob. You buying a pro sports team for the podcasting gig. And rapper Quavo. I know it'll shock you to know that I cannot at the moment, at the moment, if I saw it a lot, I probably could. I cannot recite the hits catalog of Quavo, uh, if that's even his name. Uh, Manziel, of course, your 2012 Heisman Trophy winner playing at Texas A&M. How much could that kid have banked in NIL if they had it when he was playing for the Aggies? Uh, He played for the Browns. He played for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, the Montreal Alouettes, the uh, Memphis Express, and now he plays for a team called the Zappers. He doesn't want to play in the USFL? Johnny in the USFL? I would think somebody would take a shot at Johnny Manziel in the USFL, but maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe Johnny's um, maybe Johnny's ship has sailed, as it were. So uh, that is the headlines in sports, except for the NCAA tournament, which, whoa, whose bracket is not in tatters after 
last night in the NCAA tournament. How could it not be? I mean, I had, of course, like everybody did, I had Arizona and Gonzaga in my championship game. Not because I spend a lot of time watching college basketball. I watch the Buckeyes, and I cover the Buckeyes for PressBrosMagazine.com. So I didn't watch them much. I saw Arizona once, and I'm like, ooh, they're good. And they got a number one seed. I'm like, okay, they're they're really good. So I'm going to go with Arizona. Um, but now, like, Kansas is the only number one left. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Purdue is the only Big Ten team left. And I could I could have predicted this, that the Big Ten was not going to do well in the NCAA tournament. Why is the Big Ten not going to do well? Because its style of play is not called like the NCAA tournament. They don't call the NCAA tournament very close, but they call it closer than the Big Ten. And you see teams in the Big Ten get outdone, undone, by teams in the NCAA who can play defense by moving their feet, not by bodying people, not by hand-checking and all the things you're allowed to get away with in the Big Ten during the regular season. Uh, so, the other the games tonight, Iowa State, Miami. I couldn't name one guy on either team. North Carolina, UCLA, Johnny Juzang. Providence, Kansas. I really hope Kansas doesn't win. The reason I really hope Kansas doesn't win is because I know it's legal for Kansas to cheat now, like Kansas has always cheated, but I just want Kansas to suffer because they cheated all those years and didn't get caught. Even when Bill Self had his hand in the cookie jar with the FBI wiretaps, they still didn't fire Bill Self. And I just want him to get caught. As I say, I got the fairness gene multiple times over. And St. Peter's in Purdue right now with the Darlings from Jersey City, New Jersey, ahead of Petey the Boilermaker and their gigantic center, Zach Eady. Uh, that'll do it for me. I want to remind you that everybody wants or needs health insurance. If you don't have it, we're in an open enrollment period for individuals. If you're an owner of a company, first of all, congratulations. I can help you save money and help you find good employees and keep good employees. How? With benefits. You might think people want health insurance. Deal breaker won't come work for you if you don't have health insurance. And it may be true. It may be true, but it may not be true. It may not be true because kids today, these kids today, they want flex time, paid time off, work from home. They want a lot of things that you and I didn't want. Man, when I came out of college, I wanted health insurance. That's the number one thing. Now, eh, they don't worry about it so much. They're on Obamacare until they're 26, or they think they're bulletproof, or whatever. But auiinfo.com is a health insurance brokerage, which means they deal with all companies. And those companies want you either as an individual or they want your business as a business. And they will pay AUI just for AUI putting their policies, their practices, their packages in front of you. And then AUI doesn't say, and you got to pick this one, and you got to pick this one, because we have a deal with them, and we have a deal with them. No, no. They can represent anybody. They give you the straight scoop. They want you to pick an option they present you, because then that company will pay them, but you never pay them. You never pay them. And if you're a business owner, they also do HR, free HR. So they're awesome. AUIinfo.com. Chrissy is a rock star. Business people... Isn't your business better off when you meet someone else in a different business who's just really, really sharp, really, really with it? That's Chrissy. AUINFO.com. You don't even have to talk to anybody if you don't want to. You go to their website, type your question into their chat, boom, you're done. AUINFO.com. They 
will help your business stay in business or hook you up with great health insurance options if you are an individual. All right, thus will end the live stream of the We Tackle Life podcast. And for those of you who are loyal listeners to the podcast, I will pause it and then I will get into the faith portion of the podcast, which today will have a little bit of something to do with current events and a little bit of something to do with the book of Psalms. So thank you for joining. If you joined us online, hang on. You won't even notice that I'm gone. We'll get to the faith portion of the podcast. So in the faith portion of the podcast today, as I said the other day, I think I said this the other day, I have been augmenting my reading of the book of Proverbs, one chapter a day corresponding to the date of the month. I've been augmenting that with reading five of the Psalms per day. And I'm struck by the similarities in what I'm gleaning from Psalms compared to the similarity of what I'm gleaning from my three, four-year study of the book of Proverbs, one chapter at a time to correspond to the date of the month. And I think it's cool because, obviously, King David wrote most of the Psalms, and his son Solomon wrote most of the Proverbs. So it's neat for me, and I consider myself to be a reflection of my father. My life was deeply impacted by my father. There's a symbiosis between um, being the son of a dad you admire and aspire to be like in his, in his best qualities. And seeing Solomon, I don't think it's an accident that Solomon, when he was given the opportunity by God to ask for any one thing he wanted in the world, he asked for wisdom. And I just have always thought, well, that was a really savvy request on Solomon's part. Maybe he was overwhelmed with being king or realized he needed wisdom or whatever. I think it's entirely plausible that David and Solomon had conversations or Solomon observed his father closely and saw either when wisdom delivered David from difficult situations or when David outright talked about the necessity to have wisdom and to um, rely on that wisdom for difficult situations. Here in Psalm 25 is something that sounds to me awfully like what is voiced in many, many chapters of Proverbs. David is writing, and he writes, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. So, as I was reading today in Proverbs, it's the 25th of the month, so I was in Proverbs 25, and there's a verse in Proverbs 25 that reads like this, eat honey, my son, for it is good. Honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Know also that wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, there is a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. So as I'm reading Proverbs in the morning, I sit in my chair with my journal and a pen, and I underline a lot of verses in the Bible, and sometimes I write in the margins of my Bible, little thoughts, succinct thoughts, hopefully. But I use my journal to expound on things, and I was just struck by this verse, I think honestly because I've always been intrigued by the idea of keeping bees and having the bees make honey. And 
I'd like to do it, but I won't do it because my kids would freak out. They hate bees. I swell up like a prune, or I guess you shrivel up like a prune. I swell up like a balloon when I get stung by a bee, so it'd be a bad mix. And I know that I'd not do it well. It's just not my gift. Like, my dad could have done it. I got a number of friends who do it. I just know I'd be a disaster at it. But I'm intrigued by, you know, eating that honey right from the hive. And so, and I just saw one of the home improvement shows, Fixer to Fabulous, Dave Mars, (laughs) where he tore down uh, the front of a house and there were bees everywhere. And they had eaten away these beams and they had like, they had this massive, massive honeycomb in there. And he was eating some of this honey. And so this verse resonated with me and I was trying to tear it apart in my mind and in my journal as I was thinking about it. Eat honey, my son, for it is good. Honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Know also that wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, there's a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. So honey from the comb, you can only get that if you go straight to the source, right? Like, you got to go right to the source to get that honey from the comb. It's natural. It's uncorrupted. It's honey in its purest form, and it's good. It tastes good. It's good for you. It nourishes you. It sustains you. It's sweet. It's pleasurable. It's satisfying. And then Solomon writes, if you find it. In other words, if you find wisdom. Know also that wisdom is sweet to your soul if you find it. So you you have to search for it to find it. It implies that, you know, it's elusive. It might be hidden. It might be hard to get. But if you find it, there is a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. So if you find it, you find wisdom, you're going to get the hope, and the hope that you'll get from the wisdom that you search for and find is not a vanishing hope, not a false hope, not a phony hope, not a fraudulent hope. It is an enduring hope. Your hope will not be cut off. Sometime I have to start writing down all the things that come with wisdom. And according to this verse, and it's true because it wouldn't be in God's word if it wasn't true, you'll gain hope, and that hope will be enduring. It'll be sustaining. It'll be long-lasting. It'll be everlasting. And so, to me, it just tells me that I have to be authentic, right? Honey from the comb is authentic. Honey from the comb is pure. It's natural. It's uncorrupted. I have to strive for that. I have to be nourished by God's word, by God's truth. It has to be sweet to me. It has to be pleasurable to me. It has to be sustaining to me, like honey from the comb. I have to search for it. I have to prioritize it. I have to make it something that I diligently try to acquire and will not settle for not acquiring it. Because in the course of acquiring it, the guarantee is that I will have hope and that hope will not be cut off. And when I was thinking about the word hope, and I'll finish this with this thought, it reminded me of. Hebrews 11, and all the giants of the faith who endured numerous hardships, trials, disappointments, setbacks, and endured. And there's a verse that I found right before Hebrews 11 in Hebrews 10.35 that says, Do not 
Throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. Do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. I know we're in a time right now where it's easy to get discouraged. A lot of things going on in the world, a lot of headlines going on, a lot of movements, initiatives, practices, political points of view, ideologies that can be deeply, deeply discouraging. And you can ask yourself, what kind of world am I growing up in? What kind of world are my kids going to grow up in? And you don't know. You're looking for something that is long-lasting, unshakable, and that something is wisdom. That something you know is wisdom. You can invest yourself in a lot of things that are temporal and a lot of things that are not going to get the job done. Wisdom will get the job done because it says right there in Proverbs 25, know that wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, there is a future hope for you. The finding of it is not automatic, but if you find it, the hope that comes with it is automatic and your hope will not be cut off. So that's what I want to leave you with today as we enter the weekend. Look at me, three podcasts this week, three. I hope you're happy about that. I'm happy about that. I like interacting with you guys more and more and more. Send me an email, wetacklelife at gmail.com, wetacklelife at gmail.com. And don't forget, order from Hemisphere. Use the promo code wetacklelife in all caps, get 10% off. You need an attorney, Willis Spangler Starling's the attorney. You need health insurance. You need somebody to counsel you through the benefits process as a business owner. It's auiinfo.com. With that, I'm off to watch a little basketball, spend the evening with my girls, enjoy my weekend. You can also review the podcast on iTunes. I think Monday I'll read some reviews and um, thank those of you who have reviewed the podcast. So until then, have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. God bless.